Today we celebrate the feast of the baptism of our Lord. But in order to understand its significance in our lives, we first need to understand the symbolism of this event in the life of Jesus. From the reading, the gospel reading, we can see that it is not really a name-giving ceremony, but something much deeper. It is an identity or an affirmation as well as a mission. So when we look at the words, you are my beloved son, is an affirmation of God to who Jesus really is and why he has come. And the second, which is the mission, can be reflected in the words, in you I am well pleased. So these are the two very important aspects that we need to look into as we consider reflecting on this feast. Now, as I mentioned to you, this is not a name-giving event for Jesus. But what we see happening is, when we look at the three synoptic gospels, because we only have these accounts in the three synoptic gospels, there's a slight difference between the three. Matthew says, this is my son, while Luke and Mark say, you are my beloved son. And this, in a way, is very important because it points to something very strong, which is God affirming that you are my son. And it is also for others around to hear it, but it is most specifically for Jesus. And it is from this identity that we get something a little more important, which is to understand the mission of Christ. So why is God saying, with you I am well pleased? And one way of understanding it is simply that if Jesus is the Son of God, He has made that choice to come among the humans to give them an experience of God's love. That is why God is so pleased that my own Son is willing to make this choice to be with people. So the mission of Jesus is simply not just coming to be with humans, but to be able to give them an, a human experience of God's divine love in their life. And that is what we are celebrating today, the identity and mission of Christ. And therefore, when we look at the two readings, you have Isaiah, which in a way gives you the first part, talks more about an identity, the one who's going to come. And the last part, when he gives you the shepherd, the analogy of the shepherd, through that, he's explaining the mission of Christ, which is to care for people, to feed people, to look after them, which is all something that stems from love. And when we have it in the second reading, something similar where Paul is trying to explain to us how God is there, how Jesus comes to deliver us and to save us through, by being a channel of God's love and grace, which means this is also an act of love and this is also reflecting the mission of love of Jesus. So if these are the two aspects. How do we apply it to our lives? What can we learn from these two aspects of this particular event. And the first thing is identity. Now, when we take the sacrament of baptism, we have to realize that like the baptism of Jesus, it is not just a name-giving ceremony, but something much deeper where we are given an identity. And to better explain this, I quote John in the prologue, verse 12, where he says, if you believe in God, you automatically become a child of God which means at the time of our baptism, by acknowledging Christ, by acknowledging Jesus, we have been gifted with the relationship of being a child of God. Now from this comes another aspect, 
which is the mission. So if I am a child of God and I've been given this gift, how do I respond? How do I show my responsibility towards this gift that I have received? And that's what we see happening with the mission part, which is to love others the way Jesus loves us. Okay, we see that at the time of Maundy Thursday, the command of Jesus, love one another as I have loved you. Now the question is, what is the connection? What is being a child of God got to do with loving others the way Jesus loves us? And maybe I'll try to explain this to you through an analogy. Let us say I came before you with a ball of muck, say the size of a basketball. And I say, I am selling it to you for $10,000. None of y'all will want to buy it from me. Because they're like, why do we want to waste $10,000 on something we can get for free? But if I had to tell you, I am not going to change the deal. I will still sell you that ball of muck for $10,000. But what I have not told you is that at the center of the ball is a diamond worth $1 million. All of you will want to buy it. Because where is $10,000 and where is $1 million? It's like a $990,000 profit. When we were born, we were all born as diamonds. We were all born pure and precious. And that is why, like Jesus, we too are beloved in the eyes of God. But as we go through our life, because of different things that happen, different events, we lose sight of this purity and preciousness of who we have been created to be. And therefore, when we talk about the mission of love, it is to be able to go back to this purity and preciousness of ours because it is there that we will find the love that we are expected to show in our daily lives. So when we look at it from the point of view of baptism, at our baptism, we were pure and precious. And therefore, it is a call for us when Jesus says, go forth and love others the way I, I love you, it means to go back to that root of who we have been created so that we can bring out that love and reflect it in the way we live. So, the important thing here is we're not called to be childish. We're called to be childlike. Because when we take a child, everything is wonder and awe. Everything is about innocence. And love too, when we look at it from the perspective of a child, a child just enjoys being loved. And from that, the child enjoys maybe sharing the love. So that is something which is very important, is to be able to understand that depth love within us, which can only happen when we are able to go back to that childhood dimension of purity and preciousness. There is this famous sculpture, which is kind of quite big, by a Ukrainian sculptor known as, I mean, his name is Alexander Milov. And it's a beautiful sculpture because it depicts two people with their backs facing each other, like it depicts them in a conflict with each other. But inside the frame, he has the inner child which has turned towards each other and wants to reach out and touch them. I have the picture here, but it's not too big, so I don't know whether you'll be able to understand it. You can see the child is facing each other. I know it's a little difficult for those from, from a distance, but this is the two persons facing the other direction, and you have the child in the center wanting to touch each other. The symbolism of this is simply 
that the child in us is always pure. The child in us always wants to reach out because it just looks at everything with innocence. So in order for us to really fulfill this mission, we need to find that innocence. We need to be able to understand what do we need to do to be able to find that love that is really within us. Because when we go back to this innocence, we are able to tap that love. We'll be able to understand the divine love that exists in us. And by reflecting it in our lives, the words of God to his son become his words to us too, which is, win you, I am well pleased. So when we look at this feast, put it into a summary, is basically identity and mission. It calls us to reflect on ourselves as our identity of being children of God and what we need to do to basically live out this mission of his, which is to love others the way he loves us. And I'd like to end on a little bit of a humorous note, a joke that I grew up to. Um, little Tiffany was very excited. It was Sunday school and they all had to draw some event from the Bible. So all, you know, fourth grade children busy doing different things with their crayons, color pencils, etc. And the teacher was taking a walk around to kind of see how they are progressing and things like that. And then she comes to little Tiffany and she saw little Tiffany had drawn a plane. And so she was like, Tiffany, what have you drawn here? So he's saying it's a plane. It is the holy family fleeing to Egypt, fleeing from Herod. To which the teacher was a little puzzled, but she said, fine. So I'm assuming that the ones behind there with the halo above their heads must be Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So she's like, yes. But she says, who's the person in the front? I can see another person in the front who doesn't have a halo. To which Tiffany replies, he is Pontius the pilot. Okay. It is when we are able to reach this innocence in our life that we can tap the divine love of God within us and be able to manifest it through who we are and what we do. Amen.